welcome to episode 20 of the Cars and Cartridge podcast. I'm your host, Ryan, aka OG Retro. I'm here with my man, Chris, aka Koozie Retro Games. We got a special guest with us today. His name is Connor, also known as Rock Pokemon on Instagram. What's going on, guys? How are we doing? Dude, good. I mean, live claim sale tonight. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, Two-day work week next week. I go to Nashville next weekend. So if anybody lives around Nashville or has been to Nashville, hit me up. Tell me things to do. Just give me ideas. I've never been to Nashville. Um, Weather here here in Michigan is kind of calming down. Dude, we were bad storms for like the last week like roads were flooding like there's a major highway i-94 that heads down down into detroit and it completely flooded like semis were floating up to the top of overpasses people were using jet skis in the streets it was crazy oh gosh absolutely <laughs> wild what about absolutely you absolutely well doing good doing well um four day weekend for me i'm going to chicago see some friends which should be fun oh. Uh, drink some good coffee, maybe check out a few card shops. Nice. Um, weather should be perfect. Uh, it's been about 100 degrees in upstate New York, so we're, we're finally it's on the stupid. downtrend here, which yeah, is beautiful. Yeah, it's really nice right now. 74 right now and cloudy uh, where I am. It's perfect. I'll take that rain. all day. It's very nice. Yeah. Awesome, but, uh, guys. Stoked to be here. Awesome. We have some good topics today. We're going to be asking uh, our man Connor. He does these things called Market Monday. Number one, we're going to ask him about, you know, how he's gotten to be where he is as as Connor and as a collector and someone a part of this hobby. We're going to be talking about his Market Mondays, a segment he does here on Instagram and YouTube, uh, where he talks about the current market. All sorts of things going on in the current market, really a variety of topics. Um, and then also going to be talking about how gaming and cards kind of transcend generations. And we'll get into a bit more of what that means. We have a really good viewer question of the week as well. Kuzi uh, mentioned that to me before the podcast, before we started recording, it got me very excited. So I uh, stick around to the end of the episode for that. Guys, remember to hit that follow button if you're new here. Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, all that jazz uh, does. Leave a like, review does mean the world. Thank you. But on to the content. Koozie and Rock, Pokemon Connor. Connor, tell us a little bit about yourself, bro. Sure. So my name is Connor. I'm from Rochester, upstate New York, not far from Ryan. Um, 29. I work in the financial services industry, and I also do some work with with startup companies on the side. Um, I am a longtime collector of sports cards, sports memorabilia, Pokemon, Harry Potter, um, some different anime IPs, a couple other random random things. Art, love art, um, and uh, you know, started started my page and my YouTube really in order to you know, build up some of the local community here in Rochester and connect with folks that, you know, kind of maybe fly under the radar, but deserve to be, you know, more in the forefront and, and grow in their own, in their own right and, and connect with other, other collectors here, especially in, in the Pokemon realm. Now that uh, things have kind of heated up in the Pokemon world <laughs> and um, yeah. And then really just to bring some of my, knowledge of financial markets and investing to a space that um, has had a lot of, 
I guess, attention on it as far as like the money and investing aspect and trying to help people just like not make bad decisions with their, with their money, try to protect them from themselves. Kind of like I do with my clients. So uh, that's me. Awesome, dude. That's a great answer. Number one. Uh, <laughs> Kuz, do you have any questions right off the bat? I, I have a couple. That, yeah. Uh, so I guess you kind of already answered kind of why you started Market Mondays. Um, in the, how many episodes have you done now? About nine or 10? I think I'm on eight. Yeah. Eight. Like eight. So closing in, um, you know, people were really, they were telling me, man, you got to get in front of the camera. Like you gotta, you gotta, cause I would have conversations with people and they, you know, YouTubers that I know other content creators. And they were like, they were just kind of pushing me to like, not necessarily just get my face out there, but at least get some words out there. So so decided to just give it a go, kind of started with the uh, no face whiteboard uh, videos. And then, you know, I went on a, a live stream with Pokey Gal and I've been on uh, another another podcast as well. So I decided it was time to show my face and kind of bring more of that personal connection to, to my page. Um, so, yeah, we're about we're about two months into that. It's been awesome. super fun. have had really great feedback, um, which is super encouraging for me because sometimes I I think a lot about the episodes and, and almost overthink them. And sometimes I just hit record and see what comes out. Uh, no edits, no nothing. Just trying to, you know, bring the, bring the truth bombs. Right. Uh, That's what we do me, here. Yeah, yeah we don't absolutely. Know. You know, I think we're all in a space where we can, uh, we can speak super truthfully about this hobby, which is super important, especially for new, new people entering. So yeah, that's, that's what gets me jazzed up. So about the market in, I guess the overall market conditions right now, um, mm -hmm. I would say probably two months ago, we were at an all time high for Pokemon. It was insane. And I would mm -hmm. say now, and you, I think you've said in a recent market Monday, we're kind of, we're, we've come off that and we're in a little bit of a downturn, which is normal markets and all that stuff. How do you think the introduction of this new 25th anniversary set celebrations, what do you think that will do to the, uh, the whole Pokemon card market? Sure. So what, I guess my gut reaction when I when I saw kind of what was coming out and as I've thought about this set is I think it's going to be something that's going to be and this ties well to our to our topic later about transcending generations. I think it's going to pull a lot of new people into the hobby because mm -hmm. I it, it seems like it's going to be a very easy, approachable set to collect with a lot of diverse products across a bunch of diverse price ranges. Um, and also a kind of smaller set, which I think has been hard for, for some collectors who have come into the hobby in the, let's say the last four to five years since evolutions, um, where you've got these 200, 300 plus card sets. And it's just, it, people don't know what to do. It's like yeah. paralysis by analysis. It's like, what, what do I collect? How do, where do I go? Where do I even start? And everyone who gives them an opinion usually has a, a vested interest. So I think it's going to be really great for, for new entrants into the hobby. Um, SM Pratt just did a video on this and, and he said that historically reprints like this, where it's old art being put out as new cards, doesn't, doesn't hurt the old cards, doesn't hurt the current market. If nothing, it just, you know, helps yeah. with some of that demand side. So, so that's, that's right. I'd say the, the 25th anniversary set's going to take us. Um, mm -hmm. You know, that being said, there's kind of this weird, 
position we're in, right? Where some people say, hey, we're in the summer, the reopening, you know, people are spending less time on cards, less time in their computers, spending money on travel and trips and going out with friends. Um, and so there'll be the summer lull, and then we'll go into like this more hype period in the fall. And, you know, collectibles are seasonal by nature in that mm -hmm. regard, right? People are you know, they go inside, they spend more time inside on their computers, they're buying things for the holidays, all of that. But, um, you know, at the same time, a lot of that can be baked into the current market, right? It's like, we've, we've, we've retraced significantly from where prices were across the board. I mean, there's certain exceptions where kind of there's like, true rarity that has held price or, or even yeah. moved up. Um, but it's almost like, does the expectation of that like more hype period when the 25th anniversary comes out, is that keeping like a floor in the market right now? So it's, it's really super interesting a lot from like the psychological aspect of the market too right now. Yeah. Um, but I do overall think, think the 25th anniversary set is going to be, while it, it doesn't blow me away yet until we see what's there, I think it will be net positive as i like to say for the hobby so I agree, how about you guys I, I agree there and i i really agree with you when you, you said like the collecting lows when it's seasonal i see obviously speaking from a video game reselling point of view i see prices go down in the summer on a lot more of this like common stuff and the biggest reason why i see prices go down which i believe is in the garage sale, people are having uh, garage. Uh, in the summer, people are having garage sales, and a lot of the resellers going out garage sale are going thrifting or whatever, and then they're finding more of this stuff, just bringing more supply into the market. So you look at copies like really common stuff like Mario Kart, Wii, Wii Sports, things like that, all go down in price in the summer just because there's more out there. But then you do get into the Q4 season where people are buying Christmas presents, or there's not as much supply because people can't go garage sale. You don't want to go out and hunt for games in the snow. So I think that's one thing that I agreed with, with what you said, the collecting lows. I mean, it just goes like that with, uh, with cards too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't especially know. if they're on auction, especially if they're on auction, because yeah. things, things get missed a lot in, in that world during the summer, you know, people yeah. just they're on yeah. about more. Yeah. Quick 100%. reselling tip. You can schedule your auctions on eBay to start at certain times. And what I like to do is I like to schedule them to, to like start at like, start like usually on like a weekend Maybe like a Sunday night at like 10 o'clock or so 10 o'clock Eastern. Cause not a lot, of, a lot of people aren't doing stuff at 10 o'clock Eastern on a Sunday night, just kind of getting them just relaxing and starting the Monday week. If you have something ending, ending at three o'clock on a Wednesday, the majority of the U S population is working and not going to be able to check eBay and hit an auction. Yeah, yeah totally agree. Do the same thing. Good Absolutely. tip. I feel like we took so many different tangents there. My brain's my brain went all over the place. <laughs> I was going to ask you, Connor, though, like, how did you evolve? And I like the word evolve because it has to do directly with Pokemon. But how did you how did you evolve into the collector you are today? Like, sure. What? Because, you know, you're someone that has we all have our like particular I'd say like styles or like tastes mm -hmm. or, you know, uh, whatever, whatever you want to say, when we collect, how did you come to come to what you do today? Yeah. So it's interesting because like I was, uh, I was not the most athletic kid as a child, but I was an athlete, played a bunch of sports, huge sports fan, 
my dad was always a coach. He was a huge sports guy. So whether it was football or t-ball or soccer or wrestling or whatever, I was always involved in sports. Um, like my dad would get us, um, and in conjunction with my uncle, who's also a big sports guy, get us like booster boxes of sports cards for Christmas growing up. So I had like the the top set that had Carmelo and LeBron and Dwayne Wade and all those rookies. Like I have that box. Yeah, dude, I have the box still. Um, oh, do you have those cool. rookies? Uh, I sold the LeBrons. I have a couple of the other ones. They're not in the most amazing condition. Let's say still, they've been in that your, same box. <laughs> that's still awesome. They're your childhood ones. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, all all my sports stuff somehow. All my sports stuff and my Harry Potter cards survived from my childhood. But basically, I don't think any of my my Pokemon have. My yeah, mom is selling her all house, my sports so we'll stuff like, survived. I have all, so many baseball cards. Yeah. What about 2000, 2011? You got the Mike Trout rookie? No, no. See, that, and that goes to the evolution. So, like, it was sports cards, sports memorabilia. Then I loved Pokemon and Harry Potter. So I collected Harry Potter stuff. Oh, I collected like Pokemon cards. And exact then I, same I kept all my sports memorabilia, right? Like, I never – I always viewed it as, like, I have – like, it, we always viewed it as, like, this invaluable collection. Like, it, it – meant a lot to me from you know who it came from what it was and uh and it still is to this day and i have a lot of those items that are just like super important to me that will mm -hmm. never leave but um i would say as i got older you know i got more into video games i got you know kind of in and out of pokemon um and then really got into art really heavily um I'd say starting in like college, even with just like cheap prints of artists I like and stuff like that, um, going to a lot of like local art shows and, and all that. And that's influenced by my mom, who's a huge art collector. And uh, so that's what I think really brought me back into Pokemon is I started to truly appreciate Pokemon for the art um, oh, yeah. and, and view all of my pieces as really tiny pieces of art. Right. So um you know, my, like you guys know, my favorite artist is Jimeno. Like I, I resonate very uh, specifically with certain artists in the TCG. So I would say that's, it, it all comes full circle, right? Cause I still love Pokemon yellow. I still love yeah. Harry Potter. I still love Pokemon, but I don't really collect the sports cards as much anymore. Um, it's just not super appealing to me, except for like specific niche things like that Derek Jeter set we opened, Ryan. Yeah, that's like cool. that's, that was cool you know stuff I agree. like that connects me to my dad my childhood so yeah awesome. so you said I, you like it for like the the art aspect is a big thing that pulls you in yeah it really does like i i won't like buy or own or have a card in my collection that's not like aesthetically pleasing to me um like now and that's why does it look i would say looking at it from like a video game point of view like do you how do you what is your stance on like video games and are you only collecting like complete and box stuff because there's more art with it i have some cartridges um but for me it's it's it again it's about like like if it's a cartridge it's about the label and how that like pulls me back to my childhood or those memories and yeah. i like i like to like when i look down at it on my on my bookshelf i enjoy it visually mm -hmm. um so I don't have as many video games. A lot of the video game stuff is more like 
Pokemon Yellow, both in English and Japanese CIB. Uh, I have like Japanese Snap because I thought it was really cool. Like some of that stuff that's kind of newer to my collection yeah. is really like for that nostalgia's sake. Um, yeah. I mean, they're great to look at, but um, yeah, not as much like I'm not a loose cartridge guy. Like it doesn't, it's not like a big thing for me to, to collect those. Definitely like box art I like is, is, is definitely a draw. That's oh, awesome. Yeah. Cool. Uh, did you have any other questions, uh, Kuzi, in like that realm? Not really. I think those were some great high-level questions, just kind of getting his thoughts on what he does in his Market Mondays and just kind of how we're, how and where he came from as a collector. Cool. Um, let's talk about how Pokemon and gaming transcend generations um I, so and i'll explain a little bit i was with my fiance's cousin we were celebrating uh his birthday the other night he's like turning 10 years old right and so we're all in our 20s so this this kid's 10 he i had no idea he, he was into pokemon or anything he was showing me his uh gaming setup he's like oh do you want to see my gaming setup like he knows <laughs> he knows like i'm a game like i play i've told like i've showed him my switch and stuff we played switch together so he knows I like play play video games. And so he shows me his gaming setup and it was really cute. It was like his mom, he had a monitor like set up on his like, uh, what's it called? Dresser. Yeah. And, like Xbox Series X, like sick, <laughs> sick console. But it was just like such a funny, like set. it was awesome. But then he's like, oh, but like, let me show you my Pokemon cards. I was like, no way you, co you collect Pokemon cards. I was like, no, I didn't even know you did this. He's like, yeah. I was like, dude, I collect Pokemon cards. He's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so confused. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Let me see what you got, buddy. So, uh, 26-year-old loser, I call it cousin. Yeah, exactly. Collecting Pokemon cards. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nah, he's cool. He's like, but uh, he ended up having a, a beat to crap, Dark Charizard Hollow, Japanese Dark Charizard Hollow. But it was nice. But I was still impressed. I was like, let's go. And a really nice, actually like a good condition uh team rocket returns uh dark persian ex hollow like that's oh a good nice card. yeah yeah it's a good card that's a it's cool like, card it's a really sick card i was like whoa yeah. so he had, he had a lot of cool stuff then he had some fake cards i was like of course like uh, that's an unfortunate <laughs> oh, no. kid like yeah yeah like kids these days are just getting scammed uh oh i gotta upgrade to remove the 40 minute time limit i'll do that but uh apparently i didn't do i'll cut this out i don't know I saw yeah, that we'll, they we'll popped just up back our... in. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was me for a second. I was like, oh no. Is it be is it because we have three people instead of us two? Yeah, exactly. Might be. Yeah. Um, let me see. Uh don't yeah. pay for it if you have to. We'll just hop out and hop back yeah, in. Yeah, we'll just hop out and hop back in. Yeah, you can snip it in. Oh yeah, I guess that works, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Because it'll save that recording and then it'll start a new recording. Okay. It, it just takes time to uh, convert the recording in between, but I guess that's okay. We we won't be able to hop back in right away is what I'm saying. Yeah, I could always send a new Zoom link and then send it to you. That might work. Um, oh. All right. Yeah. Let's just, let's just try and do, I don't know. 
keep going. It'll kick us out. Then we'll just text in the group chat and figure out what we want to do. I I think we will probably have time to do that anyway, to jump back in. All right. Where were we? Uh, You're big cards. Persian. Big cards. Here we go. Sorry about that, guys. We had a little bit of technical difficulties. Zoom trying to kick us out, but we're back. Anyways, Cousin has some really cool cards, but we're talking about how video games and cards transcend generations. And I got this crazy thought in my head while I was there. I was like, it's insane to me that I got into like video games and cards because, you know, someone who was older than me shared them with me and like got me really into them. Like when I got my cards and got my Game Boy, the only reason I got really into them is because older kids like showed me how to play like i had no i i had like older cousins and older friends who like show me how to play uh like pokemon red like the only reason uh-huh. i got through that game was because of like kids that knew more than me and it was like maybe not a different generation at the time but now it is like now like this this like our cousin joey he's 10 years old and he has this dark charizard card that was popular like kids that were 10 years old 20 like 20 years ago where did he get that from was it a hand-me-down i guess he he said he traded for it to some kids so i guess maybe some kid had it from a hand-me-down but yeah it's like it's i it was just crazy to think that he had this card that so this kid's 10 years old and 20 years he's holding a card that's two to three times as old as he is exactly and he loves it and And it's so cool and like it's like the prize centerpiece and it's sleeved even though it's a shitty card it's like (laughs) sleeved in a top loader i'm like yo this is so cool bro and it's like it's it it just made me think like it there's not there aren't many hobbies that so consistently can just go go between generation like and I don't know. Do you guys have any cool like uh, experiences with that? Like sharing hobbies with older, younger, yeah, um, your family or friends. The biggest thing I can remember. So a lot of like my cousins, things like that, weren't into like sports cards or Pokemon cards. So I never really remember like opening cards. There might have been a few knockoff incidences where my cousin would like bring his binder to like Thanksgiving or something like that, and we would look through it. But the biggest thing I can remember is like guitar hero and like whoever like in my family had like thanksgiving or christmas or the older cousins would bring over like ps2 and guitar hero stuff we'd rock out on guitar hero and but one thing i wanted to say with this was so i think that when you talked about generational like collecting the biggest thing i thought of was like hand-me-downs so like we got like the ps1 for my grandma or we got like a ps2 from like my other cousins and usually when they're like they're done with this stuff. So like, let's give it to the younger cousins. And something that's cool now is like, they gave it to us. Maybe we didn't collect them, but as we're a little bit older, we got back into it and we collect it. And family we don't see every day or talk to every day. You kind of bring up that like, oh yeah, I'm now collecting this stuff that you gave me as a kid. And then they haven't thought about it in 15 years or so. And they're like, whoa, that's so badass. And they go through and you guys just have this like crazy, like reminiscent moment of like, when you guys were younger like that's yeah. always the biggest coolest thing to me that's, that's that awesome cool. because like my I one always... cousin's head sorry oh go ahead i was gonna say like because my one cousin's like they live in indiana I, I talk to him somewhat but i don't see him often and like he texted me the other day and he's like dude like i remember like you collect video games like 
all my Saturn stuff still sitting in my dad's garage. And he like went, oh. like sent me a picture like of his Saturn stuff when he was a kid. And I was like, one, that's cool that you had a Saturn as a kid. And two, it's even cooler that you still have it. Yeah. And three, oh, can I buy awesome. it off of you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And three, let me I, get I always, I always remember. So like my uncle used to help put on these huge sports card shows in Rochester or like when I was a kid it seemed huge right and mm-hmm. that's exactly the thing like I was like a seven-year-old kid like buying sports cards like meeting pro athletes who would come and do signings like random yeah. washed out guys would come like sign yeah. stuff like uh, late 90s early 2000s and like there were like 75 year old dudes there and it's amazing like how it's just like at every level, it's like passed on from generation to generation to generation. And then for Pokemon, for me, um, I have no kids, don't plan on doing that anytime soon, but I have a goddaughter and like her parents, her parents like don't collect Pokemon cards or anything like that, but they play Pokemon Go and they like got back into it. And I was down there visiting and we were like walking the kid and the dog playing Pokemon Go. And like the wife, like my buddy's wife, the, the, the uh, mother of, the, of my goddaughter, like loves like Eevee and Eeveelution. So I'm like sending her like the new stuff that's come out and like that's the Eeveelution's awesome. cards. And like, and I know like that daughter, like, because there's like Pokemon in that family, I'll be like getting her stuff. Cause I like get her, it's I just gonna like happen. get her she's gifts. Gonna, it's like an avatar on the cards. Yeah. Yeah. Eevee plushes for days and then she'll be <laughs> hooked. So, awesome. so think- it's. Uh, it speaks so much to how like this this ip is so strong and has just like transcended time man and it's it's just i feel like it's getting stronger and stronger despite like some of the negatives that like we see in the hobby especially being like involved in like the financial aspects and understanding what's going on with the influencers and all this bs but when you break it down to the core like it's cardboard and characters and anime and video games and just like pure, like kind of like pure joy, really. Right. Like a pure childhood yeah. joy um, that we get to experience just like a little bit every day, every time we look at a card and that's something people want to carry with them throughout their whole life and share with everyone that they have in their life. So that's why I think it like just, spans across these generations unlike any other any other collectible really or or hobby that's out there and that's awesome that you put it that way and like as we get older and we understand markets and financial standpoints we do have the like nostalgia like to this stuff we enjoy playing it if it's video games we enjoy the art of it of for cartridges or cards but then there's also that financial aspect of it where you know this stuff has money and you try to put your knowledge to like okay what has the potential to go up in value or even like doing what like ryan and i do like buying lots keeping what we want for our collection reselling what we don't like building our collections for free so the fact that there's like an mm-hmm. investment in a financial standpoint too is just that much better yeah and that comes like twofold right like one you can learn to be like a good seller and progress the hobby forward by not gouging people and being fair and being Mm -hmm. kind and giving people good deals and just like being a good business person while still doing okay for yourself. And then there's like the other aspect of it for a lot of people of like being able to create something generational from a wealth standpoint, even if it's just like a small part of their overall asset pool like being able to like think that there's something you can pass on to your kids that 
that has value that they can both appreciate, but like it can be part of like a nest egg for them for the future is cool. Um, mm-hmm. We probably won't ever see a boom like we, we have now. We're probably way pulled forward from what, what we really should be on the prices of a lot of these things. But if it can trend from here a little bit down, but maybe with inflation over time, it gives people a really cool tool to pass on wealth to their kids. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good point. This hobby transcends the generations and it's, it's cool for a variety of reasons. And I think the last thing we touched on was like the nest egg, like kind of transfer of wealth opportunity yeah. Yeah. Uh, for people, which is kind of like a cool, like perk. If you really like love the hobby and you're a long-term collector, right. Something you can pass right. on to your kids, share with your kids. You know, I think it's really cool. Like, what do you guys think of this? Like, I think it's going to be really cool for kids to grow up seeing their parents like open Pokemon as adults and like collect slabs as adults. Like, do you think it'll change how kids collect? Like, do you think kids from a younger age now will start collecting slabs the way like we collected binders? 100%. Yeah. Because Joey, this kid, he knew what a graded card was before I even said anything. And I was super shocked because this is someone that clearly is just kind of casual. I I feel like a lot of kids are kind of casual about Pokemon these days. My friend that I was talking to on Instagram said something that I was like, well, you're kind of right. Like kids today have so many more options than we did when we were kids that it's like to grab a kid's attention and to keep it these days is like pretty rare so like yeah for a kid to get really into pokemon i feel like it's harder than it was back in the day but Mm -hmm. besides that uh besides that joey knew what a graded card was which i thought was just kind of incredible because he was talking about watching uh and it's because of a YouTuber, you know, it's, he was, hmm. he was watching a YouTuber and he's like talking about a great car. I was like, wow. Yeah. Like they're pretty cool. Right. Like whatever. So it's, I think, yeah, you're going to see, you're going to see if I knew what graded and I did technically I did. I had a couple graded sports cards. I managed to get somehow Sam. when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, I have random ones. I have a champ. Yeah, I was like, How did I get this? Like by yeah. companies that don't exist anymore. <laughs> right. 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 Companies. Even like, some like mystery boxes will do like one graded card per mystery box nowadays yeah, yeah. so i wonder if yeah. you guys got those as a kid it it's usually some like that off-brand company with some off-brand card like a patrick 100%. mahomes like they'll, they'll advertise yeah. it as like a patrick mahomes card in there and it's just some crappy patrick mahomes card yeah yeah i remember like one of the biggest deal cards i got for christmas one year was like the shaquille o'neal card but it was just like it wasn't even a one touch it was like a screw down like yeah and that's just that was like the big thing you know it wasn't like we did a lot of great cards back then but part of me thinks that's a really good point about like how kids have so many options right and i think yeah. do you think that's why like they have to go more and more over the top with some of the modern sets like just like oh, all the yeah. colors and the texture oh, yeah. and kind of always one-upping themselves well i think i think not only are the kids like that but i think the general population kind of is going towards that kind of and it might not like we might feel a little bit differently but i think we're the minority if you do feel that way i think a lot Probably. of people do like 
kind of the more flashy art styles the like whoa that's cool kind of thing like that's a crazy that rainbow is crazy and yeah. like and I that's think- why i hope 25th anniversary will like it'll it'll put like a an anchor in a good way in the hobby because mm-hmm. it's like it's the old art with maybe like a little bit of flair right we saw like right. kind of that you know the sparkle sparkle. sparkle sparkle yeah the kind of the, the sparkle. gold sparkle yeah yeah um, yeah i'm a fan connor yeah. i wanted to get your thoughts on so uh-huh. i guess we were i would say like champions path and vivid voltage were when like pokemon was like oh shit like this is the thing and everybody was scalping the hell out of champions path and vivid voltage mm-hmm. um and then we saw it kind of start to de- decline with Shining Fates, decline even more with Battle Styles than where it is with Chilling Rain right now. Do you think these sets like Shining Fates, more specifically Battle Styles and Chilling Rain, factored into the downturn of Pokemon just because there wasn't that hit card that everybody's chasing like a Charizard? I mean, there was a Charizard in Shining Fates, but that's the what third time we've seen that art of a Charizard pretty much. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, you know, I think... I think Pokemon coming a little bit back down to earth was inevitable. Mm-hmm. And I think just because it's, it's like weird because like the popularity is there, right? Like a lot of people open a lot of these sets, even like a battle styles that was printed to exactly. demand. Right. But people got Still caught will. where they had to take their full, they over, they over asked for their allocations because they were so used to getting nothing. And then in order to be able to still get the right numbers from their distributors for like evolving skies and 25th anniversary, right. they had to they eat to. everything that they got for battle styles and they got a lot and similar for chilling rain. And as we've seen from the print quality, not as much as battle styles with chilling rain from a quantity standpoint, but the print quality they're pumping those 24 7 365 with burn marks on them um so i think that like i i think that they had to not put a charizard in a set like you can't just it, it's a nice breather you know yeah for the hobby. but i think go. from a popularity Please standpoint go. they had to take it back because of i mean everybody chases that charizard 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 like OG Retro and myself have talked about like that uh that Tyranitar is like a cool card, but people aren't like Tyranitar is my favorite Pokemon. Yeah. No, this and I'll just thing. go buy the card if I want. Yeah. I'm not right. gonna I'm not gonna rip a million packs of battle styles to Here's pull that. The thing, though. Here's Hear the thing. Hear me though. out. Hear me out yeah, on this one though. Sealed Pokemon is sealed Pokemon. If you if you get like, look at a set like Crimson Invasion or Steam Siege, even. Two of the worst modern sets, arguably, ever, with zero. Crimson Invasion has that one cool Gyarados we both like, Connor. Yeah. Right? That's a cool card. It's a very similar battle style situation, though, where there's, like, that one cool card and then everything else, dog shit. Steam Siege, even worse. Like, Gardevoir and Steelix are the cards in that set and the two full arts like aren't even that cool so it's just like but the booster boxes are selling for over msrp selling for over what they came out for uh every all of that sealed product has appreciated so i think no matter what battle styles you know i, know. I hate is to there say like it. was there less 
was well, there less printed with these Crimson Invasion and Steam Siege? With no, I but guess- here's here's what happened. Okay, so it's really important to understand historical context of what was happening in the hobby. So I, I always like get them mixed up. I think it was with Crimson. No, with Steam Siege. Maybe was that when like the bulk bubble busted? So like there was a period where yeah. you could sell bulk for like like a ridiculous amount per card right like whatever eight cents instead of half a cent right some you know where and then it just went off a cliff downward and a big part of that like because of the time frame that those sets came out in it killed the popularity of some of them that's why a lot of them are like seen as really hated quote unquote or less loved sets in conjunction with the chase the yeah yeah and pokemon it 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 was at a time when pokemon in overall was at a low like you had yeah the like the switch games weren't out yet you had pokemon go just barely coming out so that but i don't know if pokemon go really pokemon go really didn't I personally feel maybe I just wasn't in the, like the whole Pokemon card community at that point as much as I am now. No, that like totally Pokemon started Go, it. Pokemon Go didn't have as much of an effect on trading cards as it did like the actual did, games. Bro. I saw the games really shoot up in price. I think trading cards, it that's when it started because you had Pokemon Go and XY Evolutions come out at the same time. It was, it was, and that's when I got, that's when I got back into trading cards heavy I think other I think it was just a good time, but then I will the, say the, that Nintendo, the bubble burst that Connor's talking about happened after what we're talking about right now. It happened happened after, uh, like during the middle of the XY era. Yeah, it's happened a couple of times, but yeah. yeah. Um, but I will say though, to your point, Ryan, like Nintendo and subsequently the Pokemon Company underneath is very smart and very strategic about what they do. And so I don't think it was any mistake with kind of that perfect storm around the 20th anniversary that pulled a lot of people back into the hype. Um, And I think they're, they're attempting to do the same thing here. Uh, You see it a lot with a lot of the co-brand, like, you know, the freaking Oreos, they're teasing that they're going to put out and the Katy Perry stuff and all this stuff. It's, it's as much, you know, the Levi's stuff, all this stuff, right? That yeah. that that is all strategically placed in different areas uh, that doesn't necessarily have like overlapping organic demand, but becomes overlapping because people who like love the trading cards are like, oh, I want this, and these jeans and these Oreos and these, you know, this whatever, and watch the music video and go to the concert, whatever. So and then yeah. you just um, bring in the people to Pokemon who are like fans of Katy Perry or those like streetwear like hype beasts who like like Levi's and they see the Pokemon collab and then they're getting into that I mean yeah. we've seen just in the Pokemon cards or video games we've seen a lot of like I've the sneaker the heads coming in on. resell oh he's got his Levi's collab hat on nice seven Mario joint. nice pretty sweet <laughs> it is pretty cool man they do good stuff Nintendo and Levi's do cool things together I'm just gonna say it. I will I mean, say though I think there's this wild but I think there's this thing with modern product where like people have this fallacy of it can't fall below MSRP and that you're like safe somehow by like buying it even for the long term, just because you bought it like as close to MSRP as possible. And like, I don't think that's a real thing. 
And I think we've like seen it even acutely, you know, and that was different because like, you know, some people just had to dump stuff to have money for the next wave of things. But I, I don't think that like, I think there is a potential where, especially because there is so much, it's to our, what we talked about earlier, so many cards in a set, so many sets coming out. Um, people yeah. get a little overwhelmed and some sets can kind of fall by the wayside. We've talked you about know, that here on the podcast down. before. How do you feel about it, the timetable of how? Wait, before you go into that though, I just want to say, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but like Chilling Rain, the newest set, Mm-hmm. the cards are still like there are so many like above like above $50 cards but so many above $20 cards like it's it, the secondary market on this newest set is pretty wild is it just because it's new though it, uh, yeah a little bit because of that I mean a lot of it because of that but a lot of these cards are still going to settle or like with decent prices I think like it's a good product. I, I, besides the quality control, like a lot of the cards are very, very sought after. You have the three legendary birds, amazing, amazing alternate arts. You have some really, you have Celebi rainbow rares. You got crazy full art trainers. So I, I don't know. It's just an interesting, I feel like it's, it's kind of one that people are not overlooking. It's selling pretty well, I think, but uh, I don't know. No, they, I, they I think a lot of it. cool. They print a I lot think- of it. I think that I'm like, this is totally anecdotal. Like for me personally, yeah. I'm going to buy less of it, yeah. buy more of EV heroes and then wait for 25th anniversary. Like I not, might not buy oh, any yeah. of all these guys. I don't know. It's like, you can only, you can, you, when you're operating within you. a budget, you got to like pick and choose, pick right? And choose. How much yeah. you can do. So, but that's just a preference thing for sure. Yeah. I think that, I think that chilling rain is, by far way better set than battle styles but that's just for me as a collector from a playability standpoint battle styles is bringing in and introducing a whole different game mechanic that's like going to be highly sought after so that's what you always got to think about too like the prices on some of these cards especially with like more people playing again because things are reopened prices are a function of both rarity and like desire from like a art or like, you know, pull rate standpoint, but also playability, right. And right. what plays well in a deck, which I know very little about, but just know I'm understanding more what features, especially as I go to my LGS and I show them cards I have and they tell me why, you know, shout out millennium games for teaching me why these gold star or these, you know, gold trainer cards are actually, sought after from a playability standpoint not just because they're gold and shiny um so it's <laughs> interesting last night in the stream but Kuzi, were you gonna ask something yeah, I, I, yeah, you, I was yeah. gonna say like what we've talked about in the podcast before what are your thoughts on how often the pokemon company produces in sets puts out new sets do you think it's too fast well the funny thing here's what i think okay I think it's more that the sets are so big yeah. because if you think about, if you look at the timeline of Pokemon and when Pokemon first come out and it was that peak hype, you know, late 1990s into early 2000s, they were pumping those things out set after set after set. Right. Like yeah. if you look at how jungle and fossil and rocket came, Squirt. like it was like, it was like you, you couldn't even go to the store and get one before the next one was in that shelf behind it. So 
I don't necessarily, I think the cycle's okay. Um, especially because at the end of the day, it is a, is a player's game. I think yeah. over time, they're going to get more bifurcated in like collector sets and playability sets. I think they'll do, I like how they do it in Japan because they split the sets, they put out special smaller sets, but that's like a different market and has had a different like market trend and cycle over time. And it's a different culture. Um, maybe it's something about the minimalism. I, I really don't know. I haven't, for as much as I love Japanese cards, I don't study the modern uh, thought process of Pokemon Company Japan when it comes to distribution. Mm-hmm. But um, no, I don't necessarily think it's it's a bad thing. And I, I think that um, there's enough time in between. It's yeah. not crazy. Um, but the sets are... The They're sets huge. are so big <laughs> that like, that's like set collectors it makes it really hard because yeah. you're like a third yeah. of the way through and the next set's already out um, right so i can see that being like tough for collectors yeah i don't know what do you guys think i know you've I, talked about it before but yeah no i i have pretty much did exactly the same thoughts as you it, yeah yeah definitely um and, I mean, and it'll probably slow the one thing other thing i'd say is like it'll depend on demand I think. Yeah. Right. Um, I think it'll depend on demand what part of the cycle Pokemon's in. Um, I'm excited for them to start putting out more alternative media, right? Like, where is this movie that came out in Japan that we're supposed to get? Yeah. Are we going to find out who Ash's dad is or not? Like, I just want to know, you know, like other parts of the IP, I'm super excited. Uh, to come out more and more i mean these new video games like the rcs game looks awesome like that oh, kind of stuff right. it hits yeah, different right. hits kind of hits a different part of the it's a different part of the ip a different way of collecting a different way of enjoying this hobby that we love so i'd like so- to see more uh, things move in tandem a little more as far as like the cards and the other parts of the ip Hashtag yeah. bring back e-reader cards, bro. That'd be oh. so if they did like a collab, something with like oh, the man. switch. Like, yeah, like, that's what they, I'm saying. That would be so they, like, cool. What if they did like oh did they switch no. trading card? A trading card game for the switch. I was gonna that or like what dude. If they, I used to love like, that game on game. They combine, port, like, port e-readers the... with like amiibos and they did something along that line. That would be yeah. very cool. But port the am I about to say NFTs? Yeah, probably. There you go. Yeah, also that. But port the port the <laughs> trading card game that they have on PC to Switch. Like oh, that would yeah. be so cool. Yeah, and play wirelessly with your friends. Yeah, exactly. Like, do no the internet brainer. capabilities of no Switch? Brainer. Yeah, that would be really cool. Because that'd you could be really it, cool. You could play card games like that on your phone. Like Hearthstone works on your phone. You could definitely yep. play that on the Switch. No problem. What if instead of code work. cards, they just started putting the QR code like on the back of every card? <laughs> yeah, that'd be crazy. I mean, I, it's, it's, a, it's a thing. It could yeah. happen. Yeah, You'd hide definitely. like a little QR code in the bottom or something. I don't know. But, True. Um, you really you could do something. It'd be interesting. Yeah. Um, they've got oh, a lot awesome. of opportunity. Like the, the I mean, it's funny we're recording this today because like a million things happened in the collectibles world today cgc just got bought out didn't they cgc got bought by blackstone tac ops which is part of their private equity arm golden auctions sold to steve cohen's group who owns psa Uh, um let's see what else happened Uh, something else 
A lot of big golden. moves. Oh, so, PSA reopening at higher prices yeah. and only Express. And we know all the other tiers are going to be more expensive when they eventually roll out again. So uh, a lot happened today. But I think that like, I think that big money coming into the hobby, as long as they don't like screw it up, especially like the private equity guys. Yeah. Um, I think that it's going to be super good for the hobby long term. Like, yeah. I think it gives more validity and stability and it helps yeah. like pull some of the stuff out of like the 1990s and into today um, in a good way. Yeah, I agree. So we're kind of we're kind of running out of time here. It's been it's been a jumbled episode, but that's what happens when we have a guest on. We just like to get their information, where they're from and what they think about current markets collecting just things in general it's been fun but we did yeah. uh, ask on our instagram every wednesday or thursday mornings if i forget on wednesdays we asked for a question of the week at cards cartridges podcast feel free to shoot us a question there anything about cards or cartridges for a chance to be featured on that week's episode we got a great question from our boy like nino dalton too nino dalton too asks what's the pokemon team you take with you in real life Ooh. Six six Pokemans. What are you? Who's going first? Oh, yes. I, I wrote down, so I, I was prepared because I saw the question early. So I guess I can go first. Give you guys right, a minute yeah, to yeah. think. All right, I'll go last. <laughs> All right. First one that came to mind, no idea why, but I think he's just a badass, would be Blaziken. I feel okay, like Blaziken that's would just yeah, mess dude, some people that's up. A, I was going to say, that's like a bodyguard, bro. That's yeah. like okay. a permanent bodyguard. Blaziken badass i agree one of my favorite water because i kind of thought about like i need somebody to like fly i need i kind of got the different moves in my mind to pick one from each person so for my water pokemon i went with whale lord i feel like where lord's awesome just a a badass pokemon that would be cool going for my flying type i picked latios okay i'd go with latios um rock i i went with onyx I love Onyx like, is cool. I loved catching on or you couldn't you couldn't even catch Onyx in the game. Didn't you have to like use something to evolve? No, you totally caught wrong. Onyx. You're totally you wrong. Koozie's yeah. showing his flying colors tried. again. I tried. You catch him in tried. Rock Tunnel or in Rock uh, Tunnel, any baby. Of the, any There's of the a lot of places yeah. you can catch Onyx. I thought side note, crazy in the new games that you can just like catch any Pokemon anywhere, it seems like yeah. very yeah. off-putting as no, a new switch a- user confuses yeah. me <laughs> there was a rock pokemon where you use something special to evolve them uh was it geodude well, okay so you have to trade graveler that's what it was it to evolve into golem i knew there was something something there all right so onyx and then i also went with pikachu pikachu just like your best buddy he's gonna follow behind you and be that guy like and it. then my sixth one totally an oddball but i love penguins so i went with piplup nice okay 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 i got i got six dude this is sick all right here we go number one lapras lapras is the water pokemon oh yeah uh, absolute beast unit he is he knows surf number one we will be riding the seven seas in style <laughs> on lapras and he can learn blizzard so we can go skiing pretty much everywhere. He'll just make snow. And we can just go skiing. So that's sick. Then this is this is going to surprise some people. And th- you guys are even going to be surprised. Are you ready? Ditto. Dude, 
Ditto would be the second <laughs> choice a for a Pokemon in real life. Oh, Connor's got Ditto on his. And see, but here's the reason, dude. I could just he could just turn into anything. I could just copy anything. Ditto can just do anything. I like it. Ditto is a very convenient Pokemon to have in real life. Uh, third choice. This is just classic. We're going Umbreon. Umbreon is a another just easy choice here. Cute Pokemon, but also a little sinister. Uh, could probably like make it turn into nighttime. We could go to sleep quicker or something. That'd go to cool. sleep quicker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Uh, we got uh, the fourth Pokemon. We got Lugia. And that's my I knew that was po- coming. Yeah, 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 that's the flying Pokemon. We're gonna jump on there, and uh, it's basically like a private jet because it's huge, and that's fire. Um, and it could probably like it could start tornadoes and stuff, which I don't know if that'd be beneficial, but it's cool. Uh, we got Mew, not Mewtwo, just Mew, and that is because Mewtwo is a little too rambunctious, a little too out there, a little too off the cusp, off the, over the edge, uh, off the meds. And so Mew will be will be the nice middle ground there, and it can that's a nice psychic Pokemon. And then lastly, when I want to go really fast on land, and want to like stunt on land, kind of like riding a horse or something, we're going Arcanine. Arcanine for the land Pokemon, Trailblazer, uh, can just probably can run really fast and can just go across uh, across land. Love it. There we go. Love Team it. Team is six. Gosh. All right, so I have a lot of overlap with that, so I'm gonna like switch it up a little bit. But uh, no, no. First but I'm one curious comes... to know which which were the overlaps. Okay, I'll try to. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. So uh, Machamp, because number one, he's your bodyguard. Two, we That's would smart. work out together. Be right. super fun. He has That's forearms. Smart. It's not fair, but he's my right. guy. That's um, smart. Pikachu, because Togepi is impractical, and Pikachu is the best because I loved Pokemon Yellow, and it's just cute and adorable and it's like having a puppy it just attracts the right exactly. people here, you know get that's the ladies true. coming in that's um true. i was gonna say moltres for flying but i feel like that would be really painful practical impractical so i'm gonna pick aerodactyl instead oh. cool slept on pokemon 100 uh, you know, versatile claws totally slept on um I am also picking Lapras for my water Pokemon yeah. because Got Gyarados it. is my favorite, but also impractical. impractical. I mean, what am I going to do with that thing? Surface I can dock area. a Lapras. Exactly. I can just put <laughs> it right in the dock. It's, it's either a private island, like exactly. A Lapras yeah, is very, right the surface there. area is just not good. Lapras is um, good. I got it. I got to also say ditto. That was on my list. A hundred percent. So versatile, right. And get anything I need to get done. And I think the last one I'm going to pick, and this is really because I think in life, we're always going a million miles an hour and you always want someone you can just step back and chill with. I'm a pick slow King. No, because I feel like he would just be chilling, sit with me and chill. My two honorable down. My two honorable no mentions guy. were Snorlax, just because he's kind of like that chill dude, and you can take a, you could take a nap on him anywhere yeah. you wanted. That and then like Gengar, Gengar's Ooh, just like that yes. badass. Just yes, Gengar I was worried he dope. might scare people away, so I didn't pick him. But yeah, oh, I love Gengar. <laughs> yeah, Gengar's huge. I love all these. Oh, po- I love. Man, I'm trying to think. So What's a good honorable mention? I feel like Hypno. When you said uh, the mm. other one, that would just Hypno chill weirds with you. me out. 
Yeah, hypno could every, just hypnotize you. Oh, you could, dude, Smeargle, you could just have a painting buddy. Uh, if you true. had Smeargle, you could just do art with him. That would be cool. Oh, so true. There's Don a fan would be really fun to travel on. There's a couple of really good ones. Like some of the ice Pokemon you can make like roll like ice get hockey rinks, Delibird, maybe. Uh I'm such a gen ones. one, gen two guy. I'm so oh, bad at remembering all these Pokemon. Yeah. Um God, there's so many good ones. There's so, so many good ones. Why? Yeah. Right. That was a great question, Nino Dalton. Oh, what a great question. Shout out to that guy. <laughs> Shout out Nino. I love it, man. Well, Rock Pokemon, where can we find you on Instagram and YouTube? All right. It's easy. It's Rock Pokemon. That's R-O-C as in Rochester, not as in rock like the thing in the ground. Uh, R-O-C Pokemon, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, look for videos every Monday, Market Mondays, where I love try to it. help you guys not make bad decisions. <laughs> and uh, yeah, really appreciate you guys having me. This was Super yeah, fun. fun. I know I can be a talker. So real quick, we went in a lot of directions, Connor, but I think think people like it. Yes, sir. Connor, as a uh, financial guru, would it be a small <laughs> smart financial decision to come to the OG Retro and Koozie Retro Games claim sale and spend your money with us? Absolutely, because these guys are fair, <laughs> they're trustworthy, they give you great deals. <laughs> I love it. Shameless plug. And five percent <laughs> off if you pay with crypto, I hear. That's yes. true. Five percent <laughs> off if you pay with crypto. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Once again, this was episode 20 and to many more, the Cards and Cartridges podcast. Much, much love. Until next time, peace. See ya. See ya.